Hello and welcome to episode 163 of Retro Encounter, RPG Fans Weekly Off-Topic Podcast. My name is Mike Solosi, and happy American Thanksgiving, everybody. Uh, you can respond to that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Having a moment of reflection. I know, right? <laughs> I was thinking what I'm thankful for. Yeah, right. I, I was not talking to listeners. They, they might be listening to this in, like, in June 2019, for all I know. Um, but, uh, you know, every, as everyone knows, uh, America has two great holidays, Eat Inside Day on, in late November and Eat Outside Day on July 4th. And we, uh, we are here to celebrate the first of those two holidays. Uh, well, not, not really. We just, we're just hungry and we like talking about food. So we decided to record <laughs> a podcast episode about it. Um, that's right. Today's all about RPG foods and drinks and cuisines and cooking and all of those things. And joining me for that discussion today is Tris Mendoza. Hello, everybody. I am perfectly hungry for this, so I'm prepared to talk about food. And also, Keegan Lee. My belly is ready for some good cooking. <laughs> Just told us that you ate lunch early for this podcast. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't mean I still can't fit more food in there. Okay, sure, yeah. <laughs> and uh, thirdly, Hilary Andrews. Hi, yet another food enthusiast here. You know, it's a little weird if someone says, "You know what? I'm really not interested in the idea of food or eating." That 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 that, that is a bit of a red flag when I get to know a person. <laughs> Have you ever met somebody who said that? Because that is a... know, right? shockingly yes. Uh, he's not here anymore. The four of us love food and love the idea of food. At least I'm gonna I'm gonna assume that. And uh, I, I'm I'm not alone in saying that sometimes if I'm playing an RPG and there's a big cooking scene, or you get a nice image of something, uh, of, of like a big meal, or a, there's a, I don't know, maybe a cooking system, and it says, you know, Velvet ate some Mabo curry. That that makes me a little hungry. That makes me my oh, yeah. mouth water a little bit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, there's enough situations like that in RPGs that we uh, came up with the idea for a food episode some time ago, and the timing for recording it ended up being right around American Thanksgiving. So that's why we're here today. Uh, we have a big list of topics that we sketched out for this episode, and I think we're just going to sort of poke through them willy-nilly. Um, Keegan, do you mind starting picking a topic from the list so just, just to get us a little hungrier today? Absolutely. Um, I'm going to pick one from a game series I've been really delving into. It's not the most uh, traditional cuisine that you'd expect for Thanksgiving, but uh, the Yakuza series doesn't necessarily have a cooking system, but food is a prominent uh, item within the game series, especially the restaurants that you find throughout Kamarucho and uh, Sotenbori. I believe I pronounced that correctly. It just yeah, uh, their neighborhoods in Tokyo and Osaka, respectively. Yes. Uh, Sotenbor is really only in Yakuza Two, but I, I think you're, I think that's right. I'm not yeah, but um, these restaurants range the gambit completely across uh, Japanese and multiple different Eastern cuisines. You have, you know, uh, ramen shops. You have a lot of sushi shops. You even have uh, food that I wouldn't expect to see around, like a salted tongue, something that I don't see very often when I go to a restaurant. And uh, other things like it just really opened up my uh, or my view of cuisine and all the different things that actually can be eaten. Mm-hmm. I may be wrong. This is me trying to remember. But the uh, tongue items to eat, I believe they're found at the Korean barbecue and uh, Kamurocho. Oh. So I'm not sure if that's – and again, I might be completely wrong. I just – I feel it in my bones that that's the right answer. Okay. 
I love Korean barbecue, so I'm trying to remember if all the menu, if any of the menus that I've eaten have tongue in them. Because okay. I never get tongue. I, I think it's, for me, um, tongue is a, kind of like a delicacy for my culture, so I'm used to eating it. Oh. But, so, for me, it's not like a weird thing, but I never, I don't remember ever ordering tongue at a Korean barbecue. Yeah, I, also, I also love Korean barbecue restaurants, but, I mean, there's so many options for the meat that you can get on the right. griddle that, that I probably can only safely identify 30% of them. It's like, a, it's like, um, okay. How about the bulgogi and the uh, and the spicy pork? Yeah, yeah, sure. Thanks, guys. <laughs> but yeah. um, uh, now I haven't played any yakuza game more than uh, more than a demo. Um, even though I did get to uh, demo the yakuza Kiwami two at uh, E three earlier this year. Uh, so, what kind of benefits do, are you are conveyed to you by going to a restaurant? Like, how does it tie into gameplay? Um, the main benefit you get there is uh, health restoration. So. You know, I'm sure you saw it in the um, demo of Kwame 2, but sometimes you can just get randomly jumped uh, in the streets of Kamurocho. Accurate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're unsuspecting of it, it can really do some damage to you. So rather than, you know, forcing yourself to go buy healing medicine or stuff like that, you can just pop into a quick little uh, udon shop, eat some food, and get back good to go. It also uh, infects your completion rate which is found throughout a lot of the game series, which is how, you know, you measure how your 100% completion and whatnot. And these uh, point bonuses that you get from uh, eating every piece of food at a restaurant, you can put into uh, getting extra bonuses. So things like increasing your dash speed or getting certain items that let you find more money or things like that. So, 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 really so when you were playing this and broadening your own culinary palate, by broadening Cosma's culinary palate, you get more bonuses within game. Exactly. Okay. Now, now I'm going to say something. This may be a little unfair, so I apologize if this is if this is not true to what Yakuza is. But I, I think of Yakuza as being influenced by uh, the Grand Theft Auto games to a degree, um, especially since you know, like GTA Three sort of blew up what what an open world action game was in the early 2000s. And in uh, in GTA San Andreas, I know that CJ can get fat or fit depending on your diet and exercise. Um, is it possible to make Kiryu really chunky if you eat too much? <laughs> No, okay. not at all. Okay. Kiryu is always a very lean man. <laughs> all right, I got you. He's, he's got remarkable metabolism, I guess. Oh, yeah. I mean, one of the um, completion bonuses you get is called the uh, bottomless stomach. Because normally you can only eat when you're damaged. Mm. But with this, you can eat no matter what your health state ah, is so at. You, so you can unlock a perk that just makes you a, a complete dark garbage disposal of a human. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Eat without consequences. Do you have a favorite Yakuza right. restaurant? Ooh. Um, let me think, actually. This is a hard one. Ooh, actually, I do know. Yes, in uh, Yakuza 0, it's another one where you get to um, venture through Sotenbori. And I don't quite remember if it's in Yakuza 2 also, but there is... <laughs> and Celosi, you're going to laugh at this specifically. There is a crab restaurant. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> and as many of the other staffers know, I despise crabs both the food and the creature in general hey they are the tastiest ocean spiders in history but these dishes look so amazingly delicious that i'm like i have to i i want to try this yeah you know? it ain't no it ain't no red lobster it's much better yeah i, I grew up in the uh, washington dc maryland virginia area so i think i would be thrown into prison if i disliked crab so, right. oh, yeah. Um, yeah, like, like I mean, I, I put Old Bay on French fries. I mean, I don't know what you're talking about. But the, uh, I mean, that's correct. That's mm-hmm. a good choice. Yeah, but the, uh, but yeah, yeah, all right. Delicious crab restaurant in uh, Yakuza Zero. I think, I think I've chosen my first Yakuza game. 
I think this is a slight tangent, but uh, I was reading an article called Yakuza Play Yakuza. <laughs> and one of the things they discuss I read at that. Length, mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that they discuss at length, like, how legitimate the, the food bonuses are. <laughs> they're just like, yeah, <laughs> really? the spicy pork. Yeah, they're like, yeah, it sounds like the spicy pork should restore more health than the I, others, or, you know. <laughs> I, I, I think I read that same article, and my favorite bit of it was one of them was like, man, like, this Kazuma guy has a, keeps an orphanage. The, uh, Yaku, really, Yakuza would never do that. And then another one goes, no, 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 remember that one of our friends from yeah. 15 years ago did that too. And then the third guy goes, hey, but wasn't that a, wasn't that a front for, like, a counterfeiting ring? <laughs> <laughs> Was, oh, yeah, I remember that. He's like, well, it was, but he also ran it as a proper organ. Yeah, exactly. That, oh. that was a delightful article. I, I should track it down again because uh, I, th- I think I mostly – it was definitely linked to me from social media is how I found it. Yep. Uh, but, mm-hmm. it, but yeah, uh, Yakuza, very, very special series. Uh, um, RPG fan, former staff member who does enjoy food. He's not the guy I'm talking about before. Uh, Rob Steinman do, uh, recently played his first Yakuza, I think, uh, at the end of 2017, beginning of 2018. And now I think he's playing through his fourth. So it's, it, it's, a, it's a game that can easily capture your imagination and has a very, mm-hmm. uh, some very passionate fans all over the internet. And we decided that it's RPG enough and, that, and our staff likes it enough that we uh, began covering it. So, mm-hmm. all right, that is some food on, in Yakuza. Thank you, Keegan. Uh, Hillary, um, pick something from the list that uh, we can discuss just to get you know, a little hungrier to get me you know, in the mood for lunch. All right. Well, let's go with something that's pretty current right now. Let's talk about all the different appearances of food in Undertale. Ooh, yeah. Uh, yes. Indeed. Uh, the thing that jumps out to me about food in Undertale is right near the beginning – when when that very friendly cow lady is uh is hosting you in her home, she uh, gives you a cinnamon butterscotch pie, which, I mean, that just sounds de- decadent and delicious. Oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely. And, uh, and it's so cute the way she's like, but you wouldn't turn your nose up at cinnamon, right? <laughs> right, right. Oh. Uh, I love Toriel. She's such a sweetheart. Yeah, and she, she is her a tone, cinnamon roll. Yeah, her tone is very welcoming. Like like she. Like, like she's definitely concerned, and she's definitely sort of a nurturing per, uh, personality in general. And uh, and all of this is, you know, d- takes a, a bit of more of a tragic edge the more you learn about the, uh, um, the the story of Undertale, which we won't discuss in detail here. We do have an episode from early 2018, though, if you would like to learn about the story of Undertale in detail. Um, Ooh. Yeah, that was uh, shoot, that was Chris, Rob, and uh, and Dom on that episode. A cinnamon butterscotch pie is a rich, sugary, grandma-ass food. Mm. Yep, and I think it's one of the better healing <laughs> items in the game. No, it, it heals you. It heals absolutely. It heals you absolutely to max. And uh, yeah. it and there's another character who adores that that pie from Toriel. But and if you hold it in your inventory the entire game, mm-hmm. and, uh, and and <laughs> and use it and use it at the end, it conveys a uh, it conveys a gameplay bonus. It's a very uh, significant pie. Yeah, it's it's a very important yeah. pie. But but what yeah. other food is there for dealing in Undertale? Because I, I I played it the year it came out, um, for an extra life stream in fact. But okay. uh, but but that was that was three years ago, and I don't remember all of the food in it. But other than the pie, a lot. There's okay. the potato chips, and there's the, the spider okay. donuts, and there's like the I don't know, there's just the spider, oh, yeah, the spider bake sale, right? Yeah, yes. there's the spider <laughs> bake sale. There's grillbees. Which I always thought was oh, super really? cute. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The ketchup and, and grilled beans. Don's love for ketchup, yes. <laughs> it's, 
it's very important. To, it's very important to get something at the Spider Bake Sale. Doesn't even. It's not even important what you get as long as you buy something. Support yes. your support, support your spider scouts. Exactly. Um, uh-huh. There's the restaurant in the hotel, which the name is escaping me. But it's the burger place. Oh, I'm trying to remember that too. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I, I okay, I do remember that. With my, burger my, pants, the yeah. NPC. <laughs> my, my my favorite uh, boss battle in the whole game is the showbiz battle after at the uh, after the hotel. And if you yes. if you eat one of the fancy burgers on on television, um, then you get a a showbiz bonus. But if you eat one of the, a burger that you found out of the dumpster behind the restaurant, then you <laughs> then, then, then you get a, then you get a negative showbiz penalty. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I'd also like to propose that Undyne wins our most enthusiastic chef award. Oh yes. RPG <laughs> I forgot about that scene. It's so great. Undyne over uh, uh, papyrus. Yeah, pap- over papyrus. Who who cares very deeply about the food on the date? The spaghetti. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes, he does. She teaches. She teaches her character to cook, though. Right. right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> she burns the flame. Very special result. <laughs> I just, I love that framing device in any form of entertainment where they go to teach a character something and it cuts to black and then it comes back and everything is a nightmare. <laughs> that's extre- that's extremely anime. I, I mean, I, I swear, probably, probably fifty percent of the of the anime and anime games I've ever watched have one. Usually, it's a woman who's uh, very feminine or, or incapable. In everything except cooking, and it's a complete disaster of a cook. But we'll—I we'll, want to talk about that uh, a little bit on another topic soon. But yes. um, in Undertale, oh, I'm trying to think of other food. Is is a uh, uh, a hot dog? Question mark. That one always made me laugh because it's like, what's so <laughs> what's so eccentric about a hot dog? I mean, do you, do you know what do you know what meat goes into a hot dog? No, it's true. Unless it says "all be Franks" right at the front, I do not trust that. That could be a <laughs> possum or something. Also, um, do not forget the tem flakes, which I believe are oh, just yeah. cut up pieces of cardboard, but still they technically are, food. They are the temmy flakes. <laughs> yeah. I just, I don't know. I also just really love the idea of a monster restaurant where their food might not necessarily match what your character can eat at all. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh yeah, but also the dog salads; those are kind of interesting. Oh yeah, the, the, um, in the uh, when there's several dog enemies uh, early in the game, you can distract some of them with food. Yeah, and you can use the dog residue. But, yeah, you you get the dog salad by using the dog residue, if I'm remembering properly, and it heals. Maybe you, maybe you give them bones. I'm trying to. I'm, uh, I'm struggling a bit. Yeah, no, it's been way too long. It has been a while. Again, it's been three years for me, and I played it all in one sitting, so sometimes (laughs) it sometimes went by in a blur. Um. Um, But the one thing that I remember that's really cool about the dog salad, that is once you have the dog residue and you get the dog salad, the amount of health that it restores depends on the flavor text, I think. Right. That was really cool. Yes, it does. That's what I remember, too. Cool. And so, do you craft the dog salad or cook it in some way, and then it, the, the, you get different resulting flavor text, or is it? Yeah, I think you use the dog residue and that creates it. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Well, that's a lot of food in Undertale. I, that's more than I thought. I thought it was maybe. I, I, again, the the burger stuff came crashing back to me in a wave of memory, but I, I really had <laughs> only remembered the the cinnamon butterscotch pie vividly. Yeah. yeah no, I think all the consumables in Undertale are foods, actually. Well, and it's. <laughs> I felt that way about a lot of different items, or a lot of different games, actually. Going back and thinking about them, there's way more food than I would have first thought. 
Oh, no, I agree. I completely agree. I never really... It's weird because you never really think about it because it's just part of the system. But yeah. when you're, like, actually looking for those specifics, it's like, how was this a list of items, you know? Like, I never really stopped and thought about these things until now. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's easy to just look at your inventory and it's like, okay, these are all potions that heal different amounts. But, right, but the ones right. that sort of get into it, you know, it, it adds to the texture and the flavor of the game and not just and not just, you know what's going into your mouth and uh, yeah. uh i'll, I'll uh, change the subject a little bit and um i want to talk about the tales of series briefly okay. we're, we're talking about anime themed rpgs with people that are bad at <laughs> cooking um one thing oh that I, yeah one thing i think that's remarkable about tales is all of them have a cooking system uh, dating back to tales of fantasia back in 95 96 and oh, wow. and uh and every single character uh, you you always choose the character that cooks Whenever you have it, there's a food system, you find recipes, you gather ingredients, you use them in a very simple alchemy formula to create meals. But every character usually has a different cooking ability and cooking preferences. And it, it differs from game to game, but just to use Tales of Fantasia as an example, um, like Mint and Chester are above average cooks. Uh, Suzu is a very good cook. Um, Kles and Clarth are sort of average or below average. And Arche is, is such a wildly terrible cook that you have to cook every item like 100 times just to get, just to have her gain one star level or something oh, no which is just which is just tragic <laughs> uh, but but, uh, but every tales game has something like that like uh, like some characters will have a favorite food that heals them more some characters will be good and some will be terrible like Agenus and Rain in Tales of Symphonia are brother and sister but have but have opposite levels of talent in terms of cooking and and I, I think that that's cute both in that there's a uh, there's a pretty detailed, um, thorough cooking system in this game, and uh, you have like cooking healing items. They aren't the only healing items, like in like an Earthbound or Undertale. There, you'll have uh, like like potions and jellies that as sort of mm-hmm. the tr- regular healing items, and cooking ones that you can either eat right after battle automatically, or cook so- or have um, out of battle once at a time. You, but you can't have you can't eat you know uh, you can't eat a big plate of curry in the middle of a battle. Uh, it has to be right, because they're like more like field events, yeah, like yeah. field items. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like field only items, or you can you can uh, have you you can have someone automatically cook of, uh, something right after battle in in several of the later Tales games. But oh, it, that's it's, convenient. Yeah, no, it yes, is convenient, yeah. and 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 some of them like uh, I, I'm in the middle of playing Tales of Berseria right now, and some uh, some food items you can cook. Uh, just to heal, some will make you like immune to status effects in the next battle. Some of them will mm-hmm. give you like extra BP and uh, and and uh, and crystals for battle, which is you know part of the resource management system for fighting in that game. It, right. To, basically, right. Tails always has some thorough cooking system that is you know that adds to the uh, personalities of each character and also they have a recurring character called wonder chef which is just a oh, uh, yes. which is a, a yeah goofball <laughs> chef in a cape and uh, you'll find wonder chefs it, it depends on the game exactly how they handle recipes but sometimes you'll find wonder chefs hiding behind pots or uh, or he's like disguised as them right yeah they'll, like they'll be they'll be disguised yeah. as a farm animal or something and then poof right. smoke hey i'm the wonder chef yeah. here's a new recipe huzzah and then he, and right. that's how you get recipes <laughs> It's um they, they take right. a very fun cartoony uh tack on cooking and food in the Tales games. They do, and I think with I like how in um I think it's Tales of Sophonia where they actually have a side quest that involves like expands on the Wonder Chef and he because he has the Dark Chef as the counterpart. Oh yeah, 
And I think I forgot who it was. I think it was Regal that was the the quest for. Like you get you get his title if you accomplish everything. Yeah, I think Regal and Genus are the are the two best cooks in that game. Right, right. So I think yes. it was that his, and he get you get some title. I think, but I think for me the Tales games, I'll be honest and say I was never a fan of the cooking system in the Tales games, just because it's so tedious. <laughs> and it's, I it's, a, it's never... a lot of navigating menus and buying ingredients it, in shops. It, it mm. is. I think. But I think um, the first time I really tried to do it was Tales of the Abyss for the 3DS, and even then I was like, it's not worth it. I'm just gonna cook whatever. I'm just gonna have them like. I don't even know. I just never really, really got into the system itself because I feel like it was just kind of like, oh, you can cook these things. And the effects for me, I mean, they're good, but they weren't significantly good to the point where it was worth it for me to spend that much time. <laughs> my my so strategy I, is uh, is find a recipe that heals your TP and HP okay, program them to eat that at the end of battle. And then, uh, if I run out of ingredients, just see what recipe has. I have a bunch of spare ingredients for. It's it's it, it can be a drain on your funds and a lot of time to uh, to get real deep into tails cooking, and it's never really necessary. Yeah, my yeah. Symphonia party ate a lot of bread sandwiches. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> it's very depressing to watch each time. <laughs> I have always wanted to try and taste a gel. Ever since I played Symphony for the first time, I think they look so tantalizing. Well, I, I think they're basically they just—I think they're basically just like Korean uh, gel candies, right? They I was guy- thinking okay, that. I, just, I would think, yeah. Because I mean, I, I love those things. <laughs> and yeah, when I, when really I hand good. them out, when I hand them out for Halloween, they vanish, and when I keep them after Halloween, they vanish even more quickly. Who's <laughs> <laughs> stealing all these gels? <laughs> it's Keegan, just kidding. <laughs> You're not wrong, but still, uh, it's, this is not a Scooby Doo case. It's not. It's not. You know, an old man uh, Smithers dressed up as a monster. It's. It's. Yeah, the, the man is the monster in this. In this mystery, I'm afraid. No. All right. So, uh, Tails has a lot of cooking, which is maybe not always uh, important to the story, like it is in Undertale. But uh, uh, Tris, you unpick um, up something from the list for us to discuss next. Okay, when we first started doing or talked about this, the first thing I thought of was the cooking scenes in Persona 4. I laughed so much at those scenes every single time. Um, It goes back to the whole, you know, there's always that one female character that doesn't know how to cook. Yeah, in Persona 4, it's all of them. It's all of them. And strangely enough, even in Persona, in the Persona series, I realized that um, the priestess arcana... Um, is the one that always ends up being the worst cook, and I'm like, why is this? Like, so is that, there a uh, that would oh, be, yeah. so, this, so that's uh, I guess Fuka, Fuka, and um, Yukiko. and I don't know about Makoto though, or yeah, I don't know about if she's a she's a bad cook because she looks like she can take care of herself. She probably cooks for her sister a lot, and I'm I'm trying to think right. if there's uh, if there's a priestess in Persona Two. I, I don't I don't remember. I don't, I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember either because Persona Two and One, their their things were a lot more different than oh, yeah. Three, Four, and Five. And, uh, so. and I've I've blocked all of my memories of Persona One because that game stinks, <laughs> and you should see you should just and you should just skip ahead to any other Persona game instead of playing yeah. that thing. But, but Two has a Two has a lot of fun restaurants. Oh yeah, there's um they do. Yeah, in Two, uh, like uh, the the Sumaro City is divided into neighborhoods, and every neighborhood mm-hmm. has. Uh, at least one restaurant and and also a, uh, a different franchise at the same convenience store. Um, and so there's a lot of food that you can do in it. And uh, at some of the restaurants sell weapons, which I don't totally get. And uh, yes. and uh, what's his name? Um, Eikichi's father is a uh, is a sushi chef 
Akichi re- is sort of rejecting his uh, father's desire to uh, have him inherit the sword, which is part of his character arc. But uh, mm. before we get to Persona 4, briefly, my, one of my favorite scenes in Persona 2 is uh, when you're getting Maya's ultimate weapon in Persona 2, Innocent Sin. For some, reason, for some story reasons that do not make any sense at all, uh, she has to eat an entire plate of horse mackerel before they give her her weapon. And she <laughs> and she hates and she hates fish uh, in all forms. So, oh my gosh! You know, I don't know. I don't know what horse mackerel is. It's presumably a very large mackerel. But uh, I'm sorry, Maya. Um, you had to suffer for that ex- for that very good gun, the the the, the, the Megiddo fire or whatever it's called. It's a uh, yeah. It, it, every quest to get a legendary weapon in Persona Two is a little weird. But it's especially weird for Maya, who has to go to a restaurant and eat a giant mackerel. It's okay, she's strong. She can I know, right? <laughs> I don't think I've played that half of Persona 2 because I remember playing one of them, but I don't. Remember, I don't play. I haven't played the other half yet. So yeah, there's an Innocent Sin, which is only on officially translated for the PSP in uh, in non in uh, English speaking territories, and Eternal yeah. Punishment, which is only on the PS1 in English in okay. English speaking territories. And they didn't release the first one until a decade after the second one. It's it's a mess. Like we, <laughs> discussing okay. the Persona Two duology is something I like doing very much because I think they're very good, except slightly dated games. Unlike uh, Persona One, which is a bad and very dated game. Um, <laughs> I, oh, I haven't played Persona One yet. I've played two, half of two, and I think I played the PSP version. So I played the first half. I haven't gone back to do Eternal Punishment yet. Okay. I know it says Takuya and Maya are the main characters, right? Yeah, they yeah. Switch? Uh, well, yep. yes. Um, Tatsuya is the main character of Persona 2.1. And then in Persona 2.2, 2, uh, Maya is the main character. Tatsuya, is, it, Tatsuya speaks instead of being a sli- silent protagonist. And your other five party members are innocuous NPCs from the first game. Oh. Yeah. Okay. What? Yeah, so yeah you've... I... Yeah, so yeah, like one of them is a one of them is like an online rumor monger. One of them is Maya's best friend, and one of them is uh, Tatsuya's police officer brother. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, it's, it's so. And anyway, Persona Two is cool, but but it's like it's it's uh, it has a lot of good restaurants to stay on topic slightly. But <laughs> but it's a little dated. It takes forever to get new personas and upgrade your skills. Um, and the encounter rate's a little high, but I think Persona 2 is very cool and very worth playing if you have a little bit of patience and like Persona, but Persona 1 is not worth it. So mm-hmm. anyway, uh, <laughs> enough enough about, you know, my personal Persona feelings. Let, let's um, skip a little bit ahead to Persona 4. Uh, Chris, you were talking about how the um, yes. uh, how those three characters are uh, all terrible yes. cooks in their unique special way. And yeah, I, I think have, yeah. maybe most obviously in the, the omelet scene. Oh, yes. Oh, oh my gosh. That scene <laughs> makes me laugh every single time I see it. Yeah, so you had the omelet cook-off because they wanted to prove who, you know, uh, they were, and they had Nanako as the judge. And Nanako is a, is, a, is a perfectly patient angel, of course. Right? <laughs> and then they all, like, buy ingredients, and you just know that it's about to go wrong at that point already for some of them. And, yeah, though, it's it's just, you, it's just hilarious because then, um, Yukiko, you would expect her to have you know, kind of like it's kind of like one of those things that plays on your expectations. Like she's a daughter of an innkeeper, she and then she doesn't know how to cook. And then Chie and Rise, it's like it's just a very very funny scene in general because Nanako just puts up with it, and then she, and then you and it's your turn to make a, um, an omelet too, and then you get to decide what kind of omelet you want for her, and she actually ends up liking yours a lot. 
Yeah, well, um, actually, it depends. You have you have you get to choose four ways of making the omelet, and uh, right. it, two of them will get you like three stars and give you a nice bonus, and the other two are uh, are less. <laughs> she doesn't like them quite as much, but she, but she says she loves them regardless. <laughs> right. Actually, I think it's the one that soy sauce is the one that gives you the most. I forget uh, which one it is. Ketchup and soy sauce both give you the max. And, okay, yeah, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I think and the other two give you uh, give you less of a bonus. I have weird memory for details for some of these games. <laughs> very very detailed memory. Yeah. Um, I always yeah, wanted no, to try I, soy sauce with an omelet. Sounds right. like it'd be really yummy. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, no, I mean, like, I, I mean, making one with uh with like ketchup and rice is like the traditional sort of like cheap breakfast omu rice in Japan, and making one with soy is like more of a traditional Japanese way. Ah, okay. And uh, and you know, getting weird, like you know, Rise putting every spice, making one so spicy that like Kanji <laughs> can't eat it. And, <laughs> and Yuki, Yukiko making one, her Yukiko's ends up being so flavorless that like you can't describe she it. Wants- it's like less. They say it's <laughs> less flavorless than water. Right, and, like, it's amazing right? how it yeah. just tastes like nothing. nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, and then Chie makes some kind of eldritch horror omelet that I, I uh, that has like has like a purple skull rising up out of it in smoke or something. Yes, it has a malevolent um, energy of its own. <laughs> yeah, which is similar to the curry scene earlier in the game, but uh, before Rise joins the party when uh, Chie and Yukiko oh are making God. curry for everyone. <laughs> yes. it, it it looks like some kind of I don't know some kind of like first scene of Macbeth witch's brew. Right. <laughs> I, I think that should be a special ability of hers in battle. Maybe. Right, yeah. I think uh, so too. Uh, offering really frightening food. Yeah. No, can, the food of death. Can we also talk about the meat dimension of Persona? Oh 4? yeah, the, the, at yeah. the uh, at the oh, Chinese yeah. restaurant, if you order the beef bowl, um, you you are it is has an unfathomable amount of beef in it. Yes. And it, you need. Oh, right. I think you. Need, and it, if you try eating it, it upgrades um four of your stats, which is very very good. So it's an, it's an expensive but efficient yeah. way of re, of raise, raising your stats. Mm-hmm. And if you finally yeah. get to eat it, then uh, <laughs> which I think means you have to have like three or four stats max. It's crazy. Yes. If, if you if you <laughs> yeah. finally manage to finish it off, then you get uh I think probably a trophy in the Vita version, and that's it. <laughs> Right. I forgot. I forget. I think uh, you get more bonuses if it's raining. I don't remember if that's true in the r- yes, original. Yes, yes, I remember that. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, but I remember you get more bonuses if it's raining. I don't know why. I guess it tastes I better when it's um, raining. You know, I don't think that's true for the beef bowl shot, but that is true for the other restaurants. Is, get... Okay, I don't remember which yeah. ones oh, have the bonuses you, for raining. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. It's it's true for the other items, but the food challenge, Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. in, in Persona 3, 4, and 5, there's multiple restaurants in each of those towns, mm. uh, uh, which, which are, of course, um, oh, wow, I can't think of it. It's Tokyo in Persona 5. That's easy. It's Inaba in Persona 4, and mm-hmm. it's uh, something island. Um, ta- uh, I remember the high school was Kekokan. And, and, and the yeah, mall yeah, is called yeah. Polonia Mall, which is, a, which is a, fl- a flower that just has a weird name in English. Right. Uh, is, is, it, is it Tatsumi? Tatsumi Port, yeah, Tatsumi yeah, Port yeah, Island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Tatsumi, yeah, Tatsumi Port Island. But all three of those games have different restaurants that raise your stats if you hang out and eat there. Like, uh, uh, let's see, I know the, the fi- it's the fish restaurant that gives you brain food and increases your knowledge in, uh, in Persona 3. And then <laughs> and you, go to, you can go to the family restaurant in Persona 4 and if it's ra- uh, to study, and if it's raining, you get, um, you, uh, it's quieter and you get to study more, so your knowledge goes up even more. And uh, yep. in, in Persona Five, instead of having the uh, the beef bowl challenge, there's a burger challenge, 
but instead of having a single beef bowl that is just has that just is a, you know a portal to the meat dimension, you have to eat increasingly larger burger burgers to, to oh, meet right. the challenge. Oh yes, I remember that. No, yeah, it's a, I think it's Astro Burger. Yeah, right. I think it is Astro Burger. Or, I think or it's, it's, like it's, it's some it's some kind of space themed burger. Right, uh, they're Astro or Moon, one of the two. I, I don't remember, but it, like it's sort of funny that the business owner that uh, owns Astro Burger, all of his uh, all of his uh, businesses have some kind of space theme, because uh, because there was a uh, a space shuttle toy that he never could get as a child that uh, that haunted him <laughs> his whole life. So so even even when you go inside his uh, his palace, it's a big space station. It's a it's, it's a weird dark turn that just you know uh, that is why the burger joint is called Astro Burger or whatever mm. space burger it is. Oh, Big Bang Burger, that's it. Big Bang Burger. Yeah, yeah, I just remembered. Yeah. I was like, um, I'm looking at oh some screenshots God. right now, and it is ridiculous. Oh, like yeah. this burger, <laughs> it, is. It, it goes from the protagonist, like the top of his head to his mid chest. <laughs> <laughs> and if you if your stats are high enough, you can finish off that you know <laughs> yeah. that bar stool of a burger. <laughs> Um, no, I will say that um, Persona Four is the reason why I felt like I learned how to like make omurice and <laughs> Japanese curry. I really wanted to eat it, and I was like, "This looks really good," and I just want to try it. And so after I played Persona Four for the first time, I was looking up recipes, and I was like, "Okay, I'm going to try to make this." And there's a, a couple scenes in Persona Four when they uh, when they get sushi <laughs> because I think like unless you're very wealthy, sort of going out and getting a giant. Uh, case of like convenience store sushi is like a big deal. So they, they, yeah. yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I yeah, they, they have that. big yeah. sushi parties where they fight over who gets the good tuna and stuff. Oh, and they, <laughs> yeah. They, they they, they, there's a sushi place in Persona Five that uh, that Ryuji likes going out to. That oh poor, poor Morgana really never gets anything out. Remember this? <laughs> oh, no. And then there's the fancy restaurant. In yeah, the, yeah, too. yeah, yeah. There's the fancy restaurant where the politician and his goons are super rude to you. Um, yeah. But but that that's that's like a that's like a giant hotel buffet I think right? Yeah, yeah. it is a buffet. Yeah. Yeah. Example of food is a status symbol in an yes, RPG. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. No, I kind of really like how in Persona Five your actual setting is in a cafe. I kind of really like somewhere. that environment because okay. okay, you now to I, do I'm gonna get a little a little '80s manga weird on you. I'm 90 percent mm-hmm. sure that's uh, because of Cat's Eye, which is a very famous manga written by the guy who wrote City Hunter. It, where it's oh. uh, where it's three cities, uh, three cities. Whoops, three sisters who um, uh-huh. who uh, work at a cafe in the daytime and uh, and and you know are jewel thieves at uh, in the nighttime and they're trying oh, and, nice. and, they're, and they're also trying to like steal the uh, the works the of their artworks of their famous artist uh, father and one of them is dating a police officer and uses and leverages her girlfriend's status to, for intel. It's a, it's a, it's a very, no, it's a very cool series. And when you, uh, and, uh, and there's a lot, when you ever see like masked thief stuff that's mm-hmm. influenced by the, uh, by the Arsene Lupin stuff or uh, like even Lupin the third, which is even before Cat's Eye, but doesn't have a cafe in it. Um, for some reason, uh, Japan really likes gentleman thief and stylish thief stories. And, uh, Persona 5 <laughs> is, is just another one of those, like, like, you know, uh, 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 what's his name? Uh, uh, Kaito Mask in in, uh, in Detective Conan, or Lupin the Third, or Cat's Eye, like I said, or the uh, the current Super Sentai se- uh, series going on is about thieves and, and police. But it's mm. like, like Persona Five leveraged that unusual Japanese story of masked thieves and uh, <laughs> and did it in so in a super fun way. And I mean, how about making coffee and curry in Persona Five? Before. I never imagined that combination, to be honest with you, because I'm a big coffee fan, but I've never, I never 
ate much curry before. So the idea of the two of them together was very interesting to me. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean no, Japanese, Japanese curry is like a practically a national dish, like I said before, and there's a zillion ways of uh, of making it. I know that. I mean, I'm, me being a sports fan, I know that uh, um, Ichiro Suzuki, the famous Japanese ba- baseball player, eats the same curry bre- breakfast curry every morning, and he and he that's oh. part of part of what he attributed to, you know, his uh, his being in such good shape, even though he's playing into his I think forties. Mm. So yeah, right. Japanese curry not messing around. All right. I was I was just gonna say yeah. My immediate reaction to that was I can get both of those things in one place. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a famous it's a famous curry recipe that was scientifically forged by by Sojiro's friend. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. But I like yeah, I how um, when you're cooking and making the coffee, not only does it look delicious, but you also get quizzed by Sojiro, and it teaches you like real life facts about the coffee. Yes, exactly. That's my favorite part about it. Like it just it. Someone in that development team was like loves that to that point where it's just like here, have some facts. Yes, and I, I love the curry secret like recipes. Like I never, I I never make like curry from like like actually from scratch. I use those but those bought curry paste already. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. nice to see what they actually do for like homemade curry. And I was just like, this is so fascinating to me. I don't know why, but I just find this very fascinating. Like, the foodie in me loves this stuff. Like, Yeah, they do the same thing in Persona 4 with the lunches. They kind of quiz you. They're like, how right. should we cook this pork? And right. Right. Oh, <laughs> the lunches that I failed every time. <laughs> and, and, and also all the social link, uh, all of your friends that you can share a lunch with each have a different favorite food. They so, do. So which mm-hmm. one you call to share your box lunch with will give you more or less of a bonus. Yeah, and how well you cook it. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, so much. So much cooking Persona. There's, there's a lot of good food stuff in Persona, but I think it's about time to move on. Uh, Keegan, let's pick right. something else off the list. Okay. Let me see. Now I'm going off pure visual factor deliciousness, uh, deliciousness for this one, but the uh, cooking in the recent Final Fantasy 15 <laughs> is so beautiful and so like amazingly realistic. Every person I've talked to who's even like looked at the game talks about how beautiful the food is. It's it's possible I'm not quite as plugged into the communities of all of these games, but I I think that FF15 is the only food in our list that became a meme. Yeah, yeah that is okay. true. <laughs> and again, I've not played FF15, but and I know that one of your party members is sort of the cook of the group, and he's coming up with recipe ideas for at, seemingly at all times. But yes, is, <laughs> exactly. How does that work? Is he like, do you find um, some item and they'll give him a thing or will you kill enemies? To, like, how how does the system work in that game? There's really uh, two ways for it to work. It's either finding a specific item that'll kind of, you know, be the inciting item for that recipe or certain uh, objects that you'll look at within towns or try at restaurants in towns will inspire Ignis, the cook of your party to uh, give it a shot and make his own version. And usually the version he makes improves upon the stat bonuses that you'll get from the bot versions. So it really... So it's almost like Professor Layton in puzzles. He'll just see a stop sign and that'll make him think of a puzzle. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) The results are much more delicious. Okay. I'm I'm, I'm getting like a little 
twinge of Joaquin from Shadow Hearts. Him just like seeing something in a town and going, "Oh, this is so inspiring." I, Joaquin was my favorite character in Shadow Hearts Covenant, just just because of how he would find his weapons. Like this mailbox, it's speaking to me. Joaquin, don't take don't take that poor person's mailbox. Like, no, no, I think I need this mailbox. Joaquin, someone else needs that mailbox for mail. What are you gonna do with it? He goes, "This mailbox is my muse," and then he starts wielding it like a club. It's like, oh my god, Joaquin. I can see him doing the same thing with recipes. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's a vampire, so he uh, he would probably have a very specific palate that might not work out for the rest of your team. Oh, true. Right. <laughs> I think there's something to say, though, about uh, traveling with a guy and, you know, you murder a giant plant that's been trying to kill you. And he just picks up, like, one of its arms and he's like, I bet this tastes amazing. Exactly. That is exactly <laughs> my point. Also, like... Oh, my God. Okay, so this but, is kind but, of, but you also said that the food in FF15 looks delicious after after. Oh my god! And and and, not, and yes. not, so it's not just about the inspiration for recipes. Oh, it's just not. It's not just about like even like the most basic of foods. Like I think the um thing that you can cook no matter what, like whatever ingredients you have, is like a slice of pizza or like toast. And even mm. then, like you see the butter shimmer on the toast. Like oh my god, amazing. <laughs> Oh gosh! So you're saying that if I were to ever get around Final Fantasy 15 to never play it hungry? Oh no, you will. No, no, or or just play it with play it with snacks. That's the that's the solution. With snacks, yes. (laughs) I would be like, I'm going to pretend this is a toast right now. That's buttery toast. I would, I would just get sad. I'd be like, this, this is not a delicious looking. Right. And also, uh, similar to Persona 4, actually, I just remembered, uh, mm-hmm. certain characters in the party will heavily prefer certain foods over others, and cooking those foods will provide, I it's either significant stat bonuses or increased uh, experience. Because in uh, Final Fantasy 15, you can only level up by camping or going to hotels to rest. Ooh, nice. So, that experience boost isn't something you see often with the food. Right. Yeah, one of the two. So. Yeah. But it, it is. But that, that, that's true. Okay. Working out is not what makes you stronger. What makes you stronger is those, uh, those you know, muscle torn muscle connections rebuilding themselves when <laughs> you rest. So that's right. that, that's very physiologically accurate of FF15. Right. Obviously, there you go. Yeah, mm-hmm. there you go. It makes camping look so nice. I mean, they are they are super rich, so they of course have the best camping equipment and what have. <laughs> but still, <laughs> it helps to be literal royalty when it comes to you know having luxurious items when you're when you're traveling. Exactly. <laughs> you know, right. <laughs> not to change topic too much, but that's kind of making me think of an interesting parallel because there's a lot of camping going on in 15, but you still have a lot of fancier foods. But then Breath of the Wild, they really seem to pay, like kind of capitalize on that camping traveling food kind of yeah that, I, I think we can change subjects um cooking in breath of the wild is pretty wild hey because uh, <laughs> I, I think i think you can cook like literally anything whether it's whether it's monster parts or acorns or maybe not maybe not equipment but just <laughs> but um but um you're you're fighting you're finding the randomest items at all times in breath of the wild and uh, you can you can just throw them all in a pot, and no matter what you throw in there, you will come out with something in about six seconds. Yep, you're, yes. you're foraging almost, and just be prepared for a lot of dubious food. I love the looks of the cooked fruits for some reason. Those look the most delicious to me in Breath of the Wild. I, I like that um, uh, Breath of the Wild's, you know, um, sometimes it does not make sense at all why things cook certain ways. But, uh, but, but they, they do follow some rules, like... Um, Cooking five cheap nuts or five cheap fruits is never as will never give you quite the bonus of a fruit nut combo. 
or uh, right. like uh, pretty much everything that you cook that's a, that is a that is an edible food will heal you in hearts. But uh, things like you know like different kinds of fish will might give you uh, warming abilities. Some might give you cooling abilities. And there's there's fish and grasses and meat for that will give you all manner of things. So it's not it's not like the only way to boost your power is eating mighty bananas. There's probably seven foods that will boost your power if you cook them in a, in a, in a pot. Um, it's, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of good eating in breath of the wild. Yeah. And I like how different you can find different ingredients kind of in proportion to like what you forage. So like smaller enemies will give you smaller pieces of meat. That that's kind of interesting too. One of the, uh, fruits that gives you a big health bonus gives you uh, te- temporary extra hearts is a uh, a hearty durian i think oh yeah <laughs> and um and i mentioned mighty bananas uh, mighty bananas give you a, a small healing bonus but also increase your attack power temporarily and i knew a shop that would sell durians and i i found a grove in the southeast part of the map that just had piles and piles of mighty bananas everywhere and then like one durian in a uh, thing so i would mm-hmm. I, so i would i would go I, I would basically orchard farm and buy the one durian and then just collect dozens of bananas and a, and a handful of more durians in my in my jungle spot <laughs> and then i and so for every boss battle i would make like three fruit mixes that just boosted my attack power and gave me a bunch of extra temporary hearts. <laughs> oh yeah. And it was I, I was I became a fruit farmer in Breath of the Wild. Is the uh, <laughs> is the moral of the story here? Uh, I've seen some playthroughs where people would like never cook and just eat the raw ingredients, and it would drive me nuts. Like, just take five minutes to unless enjoy some unless cooking. it's a speed run, they are right. not playing that That's game very fair. efficiently. And also, but like no, this was not a speed run. <laughs> a, a lot of the tiny steps in Breath of the Wild are sort of fun too. Like uh, you can't cook on an outside grill when it's raining, <laughs> and uh, yeah. And sometimes you'll find you'll find cooking pots, especially if they're if they were from an enemy camp that you cleared out or something, where you have to light it yourself, and then mm. and find a source of fire or a torch or something. And so it's like it's and, and again it it cooks in six seconds with the same jingle, <laughs> which is. A little inconsistent that a you know a, a fruit and mushroom mix cooks at the exactly the same rate that a steak does, but <laughs> uh, yeah, they, they do a good job with the cooking in, in Breath of the Wild, and it, and it feels like it, it feels like a meal. Oh I made I made this myself. It looks good. Link is enjoying himself as he devours it. Right, he's hanging out, exploring, eating on the go. <laughs> I think I've recently discovered now that the best way to get me to play an RPG is to tell me how good the food is or how good the food <laughs> looks. Because I feel like now I don't own a Wii U or a, a Switch, and I'm like, I need to get one just to play Breath of the Wild, just to see the food now. Uh, sp- spoilers from an episode of this podcast six months ago. We mathematically determined Breath of the Wild to be our favorite Zelda game in a favorite Zelda episode. So it's a it's wow, a very yeah. it's a very very good open world action game um, yes. with with a lot of RPG elements and I I played it for the first time earlier this year I think I I uh, I had to rush to finish it because I wanted it I wanted it finished before we recorded those Zelda episodes <laughs> but <laughs> um uh it's an excellent game it has a lot of really good cooking in it I was one other interesting thing to mention between those two games was sort of the real world tie-ins. Um, I actually recently found a recipe that someone had come up with for monster curry from Breath of the Wild. Oh, nice. So you can actually make it yourself. So that's oh. kind of a cool element to this, like, RPG food. Like, I know people are coming up with cookbooks on Kickstarter for a bunch, some older there, games, some newer games. I've seen uh, mostly in Japan, probably, of course. Uh, 
uh, like advertisements for um, themed restaurants that uh, sell video game themed food. There, there's a Dragon Quest pop up restaurant that I know of that where you can order like a where you can order I think I think like uh, like slime ice cream or something <laughs> and uh, a bunch of things. And, and one of those restaurants I I saw an advertisement for uh, was selling a 86 ounce steak that was themed after the well done steaks in Monster Hunter. Oh jeez! Yeah, it, it I was, remember seeing that. Yeah, I, I I definitely shared it on Facebook and Twitter, so maybe that's where you maybe that's where you saw it. <laughs> but there, but uh, but yeah, uh, in Monster Hunter, um, you can find raw meat and catch fish and find them in a lot of different places. And uh, you can either have someone in town cook them for you and then give you items in return, or you can try cooking them yourself on a little portable uh, grill or spit at uh, at camp when you're when you're out hunting monsters. Oh. The, the results are very delicious looking and very important because eating is how you up, is how you keep your stamina meter high. But uh, mm-hmm. maybe maybe most remarkably, in every Monster Hunter game from the first PS2 one 17 years ago to Monster Hunter World earlier this year, uh, you you have to turn the meat slowly on a spit. You you don't have to control it. You just choose it out of a menu, and a little jingle p- plays. And if you press the button at exactly the right time, it'll come out perfectly. Or if you put, if you press it too early, you get a rare steak that only that doesn't heal you as much. And if you press it too late, too late, you get a burnt steak that isn't really useful. Oh, oh. So, so so like so getting the timing of that uh, of that do 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 jingle just right <laughs> is very important. And if you uh, and if you do it well, uh, you get, uh, someone's voice goes, "Ooh, tasty." <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, it took and, me many tries. Oh, sorry. <laughs> and uh, and Tris, you're saying how the one like one of the ways to get you immediately invested in an RPG is to describe the food in it. Uh, for me, yeah. one of those things is if you tell me there's a good fishing mini game in it, I am pre-ordering that nonsense immediately. <laughs> and uh, um, Monster Hunter World and Persona Four uh, and Persona Five have pretty good fishing mini games, and I, yeah, I, I I have I have grilled many a fish in uh, in in monster hunter but but i think you really only really you only really grill raw meat on the portable spit with fish you can just sort of uh, you can cook them in town i think i'm or maybe maybe fish are just ingredients that you eat raw i i uh, i'm i i'm not i'm not used to doing much farming for food items in monster hunter cuz you I, you get so many just by playing the game and hunting monsters that i never really have to do much collecting but uh, monster yeah. hunter monster hunter there's a lot of meat and a lot of fish and at, i've seen at least one had for a Japanese restaurant where you can order some obscenely massive uh, rotisserie steak, <laughs> Monster Hunter style. <laughs> Where is that steak now? <laughs> I've always wanted to try that uh, meat and cheese platter that the Meowster Chef in Monster oh, yeah. Hunter World. Oh god! I, oh, that thing looks amazing. It, 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 it's the Meowscular Chef. Oh, Meowscular. Sorry, because he's, he's he's muscular and has an eye patch. He's a he's he's a fantastic character. And whenever you um whenever you uh, pay for a meal in town, you get this delightful animation where a bunch of the little kit kitten chefs are cooking furiously, and then the muscular chef, the, their leader, does like the finishing touch by just putting a sprig of parsley on it or something. It's the the animations are incredible, and the muscular chef is awesome. Oh man, and, and that's another food that looks very delicious. Is when you see the cooking mm-hmm. animation when you uh, pay for it in town. It's awesome. Uh, I'll, all right, uh, Tris, give us another item off the list while I look for a picture of that uh, steak that I found <laughs> to, share, oh. to share with you guys. <laughs> I think. Oh, for me, I love the um, Harvest Moon series and anything that resembles Harvest Moon. And I think uh, pretty much food plays a huge factor in those series, just because it's one of the fastest ways to 
increase your friendship points with the townspeople. And every mm -hmm. Harvest Moon game has always been different when it comes in terms of cooking and stuff. I don't. I haven't really played that much far back into the series. Like I know 64 was a really huge breakthrough. I never played it. Um, I started with Save the Homeland, and that one you actually have to buy your kitchen for. You have to buy the kitchen first before you can cook. So you have to have your house renovated, and you have three options. So it actually, you can cook from a frying pan, a pot, and an oven. And you don't really get recipes in the uh, older harvest moon games now i think you do but in the older ones you don't really like you have to experiment and i always love that i mean i always sucked because i never knew what food was supposed to go together <laughs> but i really like that the factor in cooking because it's just it, it it was new to me when i first played it. i never i think that was the first time i've experienced cooking in an art or in a farming simulation kind of rpg where i never really like this is so cool and in save the homeland um it's really weird in that it's not the harvest moon game where you get married and have kids at all the whole point of the game is for you to save your homeland and there's nine different endings and one of the endings is through a cook-off so you need to have a kitchen and you need to find these like um like this old like grandma recipe that was st stowed away somewhere and it's it's hard to get that ending because you need to have um it also forces you to look at your livestock because you need to get golden eggs and golden milk from your chicken and cow respectively and it's just it was brutal to try and get that ending because it was like you had to make a golden cake i believe or something like that and oh, wow. every time i think of that it's every time i think of like food i think of like the harvest moon even stardew valley which is very similar <laughs> just because you really it really is a huge point in the game where hey, you can give these gifts to them because it increases your points and then you get these events. I don't know, for me, food in RPG, I always think of like, okay, this is literally what it's centered around usually. And then there's fishing. And it's just a whole- There's fishing, you say? Yeah, <laughs> I believe there's mm. fishing. I don't, okay, I, will, I don't think it's the best mechanic-wise. Don't, don't, don't play with my heartstrings like that, Tris. Is there is It's there not fishing? the best. I don't want to- There's definitely fishing in Harvestman Yeah, there is, there is. There's, <laughs> Fishing in harvest in most of the harvest moon games, and it's just not the best mechanic-wise in the earlier ones. In story of seasons, it's fine, but like, and when you go back to like PS2 eras, it's it's not it's kind of clunky. I didn't really understand it at first, so but the the newer ones are totally fine. I I would say go for that if you really love fishing. Um, and so I mean, and if you really love fishing, um, I'm gonna kind of tie that into um, Fantasy Life, which is also like a mixture of um, action RPG meets Harvest Moon meets, uh, uh, yeah, it's, um, right. that one uh, has an anchor class. Yeah, but in, in that game, you basically switch classes and you level the classes separately. But there's yes. cl there's <laughs> classes for battling that resemble traditional RPG classes, but there's also like a, like hunting, fishing, and cooking classes. Yeah, yeah. So you, yeah, you can. There's twelve class, twelve life classes you can choose from, and you rank them up. I think the highest you go to is God class. Um, and so yeah, there's the like you have mercenary, uh, um, paladin, and then you also have like cooking and angler. So it depends on your skill levels. Angler is ang angler you would need for cooking because a lot of the recipes need um, fish that you can't really buy. So it's kind of go go works side by side together. I don't I don't I know I don't remember having such a frustrating time with being an angler. It was pretty simple. 
But I mean, honestly, it kind of, it's like, I don't know, it's fantasy life, you can never get bored since you can do so many different classes at once and you can choose which ones you want. But I will say that it's kind of like, I wish they kind of expanded on each of the classes a bit more like mechanics wise, because it's just very like same mini games. So when you're cooking, it's just, I wish there was something different instead of just pressing A every single time still, and you just see the different animations when you're cooking. It looks good, but it just, it didn't feel like you kind of, I wish it kind of immersed yourself more in, it in terms of like cooking and like doing all those. Now you want to talk about a uh, a game with a similar system where you level up uh, different classes individually that includes fishing and cooking among those classes. Have I got a game for you? It's Final Fantasy XIV. Well, basically you can level every class, I think up to 70 now is a level cap. And, uh, mm. and that's not just your warrior, uh, paladin... Uh, bard, black mage stuff. No, you you can level up your culinarian cooking class and your uh, angler fishing class just as high. And all of the crafting classes are almost a separate game from the main story. Like, it, uh, <clears throat> it can get exceptionally deep, but it, it uh, the rewards are very good. Um, uh, c- like cooking and selling food that gives bonuses for raids is maybe one of the best ways of making money in that game. And, uh, oh yeah, yeah, and, and leveling up your weaponsmith and your armorsmith classes are is extreme. I think I think it's a oh shoot, I think one is called blacksmith and one's I think it's blacksmith and armor is what they're officially called, uh, and th- that gives that can get you very ahead of the game on terms of making good armor for yourself. But without getting too deep into it, because for that we would need Mike Salvato or uh, Caitlin Argeros <laughs> or Derek right. Kingsbergen on this episode. Um, without getting too deep into it, the crafting is exceptionally deep in Final Fantasy fourteen. And one of those classes is Culinarian. Uh, there's a lot of bonuses for being able to cook good food in FF14. And the place where you learn how to cook starts out in Limsa Lominsa, in like basically like a pirate restaurant that you have to work at. Oh, yeah. And then I think once you after you hit level 50 and start moving into the expansions, you have to find sort of different cooking masters and new parts of the game. Uh, from the expansions to to level to level up and get more and get more quests and yes there are quests and tasks for leveling up your cooking in right, those uh, in the, those games yeah any of the crafting stuff has its own set of quests and objectives and I, I recently decided that my little monk is going to be a culinarian she's going to do zen cooking so I I'll know. you all posted <laughs> on her progress my, my warrior is very very focused on being an armorer but i i've i've leveled up all the crafting classes at least to 15 20 range oh and, and, and I really, there, there's also there's also equipment that you need for 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 bonuses like there's ideal sets and ideal bonuses for every single crafting class that's right that's right <laughs> it gets, like again the, the crafting at FF14 gets terrifyingly deep once you especially once you get into <laughs> outside the earliest levels but and and one of them is culinarian, and you can cook some impressive food in FF14. Mm. Well, it's fun, but it's so much money to buy ingredients as a culinarian. It's, it's a huge amount of money and time for any of the cra- crafting classes. And if anything, culinarian is what is maybe on the uh, more difficult half of those. Like like being a being a botanist and just chopping wood all the time is is easy compared to the nonsense you go through <laughs> to be a culinarian. Yeah, that's the thing too. Is like uh, minor botanists, they all kind of. Like, as a miner, you go get your ore, and then you switch over to your blacksmith or armor, and you can kind of use the product that you've collected. But with culinarian, it's just the fish, and if a dish has no fish in it, well, tough luck. Get by. If you want to get a better kitchen knife, then you probably should level up blacksmith to be able to to craft better uh, cooking knives. 
I just have a cork board of like threads connected between each class. Like you need to do this, you need to connect to this, and then the dark knight goes to the white mage like this, mm-hmm. and and ends up look. And if you do that, like for a handful of classes, you end up looking like uh like Charlie Day in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia <laughs> with with that, and, and with that psychotic glare in his eyes. I'm chain smoking five cigarettes at once. I'm constantly sweating. Mm-hmm. Even your spreadsheets have spreadsheets, just trying to keep track of it all. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Crafting uh, an FF fourteen is no joke, but we can laugh about it because oh, we're, we're we're just talking about it on a podcast. <laughs> so, Keegan, do you have a new food topic for us to go over? Yes. Um, so we talked about a lot about uh, cooking for ourselves and for party members throughout this episode, but we haven't talked much about cooking battles, which is a big feature in a game that we recently covered, Suikoden Two. I got into so many cooking battles by accident in Suikoden Two. Yeah. <laughs> Like I just wanted, to, I just wanted to go and talk to someone on the top floor. It's like, oh no! But now it's a cook. Now I'm now I'm assisting in a cooking battle. What is happening? Yeah, <laughs> a little. That, I think the time frame for that is like um every thirty minutes in game, it'll trigger another cooking battle. So every time you go back to that place after thirty minutes in game, it just triggers the next one. Yeah, it can be a little overwhelming. I know, especially oh. running through it for the first time. <laughs> and. I love. Let I me love. tell you, trying to trying to remember favorite foods for 108 characters is a little daunting. <laughs> and they oh, all have their own individual food. preferences, and they do matter yes. in judging those cooking battles somehow. Yeah. I, like <laughs> again, I, I did not pursue that quest line very hard, but I accidentally fell into those a couple times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you actually um, take note, some of the characters when you recruit them, they come with food items, and that actually is their food favorite foods. And you so, know that's like, cool um, and all, but I think I'll just check a guide. I'm good. Because <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, a lot of the guides they really um, they tell you what kind of like their taste buds are, but it's like oh, they like sweets and stuff. But like these are actually like okay, they like cheesecake. Like if you go um, recruit George Prime, he comes with three cheesecakes. Oh yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Georg loves cheesecake. I think that that's almost a like. I think people were joking right. about that when I was looking at Sweet and Two guides during during recording. And, and right. the thing is, he's yeah. a uh, he's a you know a stoic, almost samurai like superhuman fighter, but he loves cheesecake. <laughs> right, and yeah, the thing is, if um you'll know, like yeah, it's just um a little little funny thing about him, and I just love that. And uh, but I think for me, when uh, when I play the the cook off every time. The one I want to impress the most is Luke, because that boy... Uh, he's so, so hard stuff. to impress me. Exactly. <laughs> so when I get a four from him, I'm like, I won. I won, like, automatically. I don't care if I lost this round, I won, because he said he gave me that four. So, so like, it's like you're watching a cooking show, and that one judge shows up that you know that just hates everything all the time. <laughs> right. Yeah. right. Uh, like, you're watching a... Oh, I don't know. You're, you're watching a... Um, chopped or something, and then it's like, oh no, mm-hmm. freaking Sitsuma's on the show. Forget, forget <laughs> it, forget it. They're, they're, like he's gonna hate everything. Uh, but it's like that's that's whenever Luke shows up to one of Hayao's battles. Oh yeah, definitely. I feel like it's so weird. I'm like, I want to impress Luke every single time. Like I know, I just want to score for him. Like <laughs> those battles get super dramatic though as you uh, continue on and winning them. I don't remember the exact works at the castle does get poisoned by um an opposing chef and yeah they do. to get the antidote you have to yeah it gets like it gets like uh daytime television levels of dramatic yeah because it sounds like its own video game 
Yeah. <laughs> I would like. Right. right. Yeah, but it does give it... you a lot of um, details about Hayo's backstory, and I believe it even affects his uh, ending if you complete all of them. Does, I may be wrong. Uh, it changes. One, but... I think it might change his. Um, you know, the, when they show all the 108 characters and what they've done in yeah. the future, type of, I think it does change the text. I'm not sure. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean okay. that that is the equivalent of the ending for most characters in the game. Right. Right. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I'm not sure, but I think so. I've never. I've always done the cook off, so I've never not seen it otherwise. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I, I, I again, I only did maybe three or four cookoffs, and I think I won about half of them. But it was, it was a quest line that that was a little bit too, uh, too time consuming for for uh, playing for the yeah. podcast for me. Yeah, because if you lose once, you're out. It's it doesn't trigger anymore, so you can't really lose any of the battles. You have to like, st- if you lose once, it's over. You can't get the quest back. So it's very oh, yikes. Yeah, so oh. if you really enter, you have the game does give you time to like save before each one at least so i'm really grateful that it does that because if it didn't i would have been so angry <laughs> um but usually great uh yeah so once you lose once it's over because it is a cook-off and i like that about secret into it there's a sense of urgency and like okay this is actually important that i have to win this instead of giving you unlimited tries because then it would lose the purpose of the whole thing so yeah cool well I'm also going to take a different tack in terms of uh, cooking and battles in this game. Um, in uh, in Chrono Cross, uh, cooking implements are even a uh, or, or kitchen utensils are a weapon type, and uh, there's a couple maybe um, cook or cooking or domesticated uh, themed fighters that can join you. There's um, Orcha the cook, and also your childhood friend Lena fight with. Uh, ladles and, and and spoons as their bat as their uh, weapons and Orcha, uh, you you, he, you recruit him by fighting a demon cook that's threatening his restaurant, <laughs> and uh, and um, both Lena and and Orcha can join your party. Uh, I, th- I think if memory serves, I think Orcha is he's a red character and he's like a he's like you know sort of an above average attacker kind of guy. And Lena is. A blue character, and she is an okay element user, but mostly good for like restoring other people's elements, which is a very a very rare ability in Chrono Cross. So, mm-hmm. having her being able to like like re- reload people's grids is useful. But yeah, in in Chrono Cross, you uh you fight with knives and forks and spoons, and that's I, I think I... that's unusual. I mean, how many times does that ever happen? Uh, there's Kina Kina and her forks in FF9. Oh, true. <laughs> uh, Princess's frying pan is her best weapon in a uh, Super Mario RPG. Yes. Uh, I remember finding a set of uh, Chrono Cross keychains long, long ago and being super excited because Lena had the frying pan. Yeah. And it reminded me of my <laughs> RPG. I yeah. completely forgot about it when we were talking about 14, but I just remember when we said frying pan weapon. Uh, Celeste, you might remember this. I believe it was before. Yeah, I, I think, I think in, for Culinarians in FF14, it's like um, cooking knives are the main hand weapon, and then like cooking pans are the offhand weapon. And you, yes. And you, uh, and you, blacksmiths forge knives and armorers forge pans. And again, again, that's how crazy the crafting gets in FF14. <laughs> but there is a character who does wield a specific frying pan. Uh, oh my goodness, I'm forgetting his name. But the uh, rich boy who shows up uh, in the post game of the original Final Fantasy 14. Uh, Hildebrand, yeah. yeah. Hildebrand, yeah. And, uh, uh, his mother shows up in one of the right. more recent That's movies. right. That cutscene's and amazing. She fights in the style of a um, Dark Knight who used great swords in this game. However, mm-hmm. her weapon is specifically a gigantic frying pan. 
Yeah, and, yes. and, and there's a scene where um, it, it's established that Hildebrand is a you know very strong, tough guy, and his father is even stronger and tougher than Hildebrand. But the only person that either of them fears is the mother of the family. And yes. she's, a, who, she's a very tiny woman, and her, she has this muscular husband and son. But when she, like, defeats them, she, like, moves faster than a ninja and with all the sinister aura of a dark knight. And she just wh- whacks them with – it's either a frying pan <laughs> – I think it's a frying pan, but it might be a ladle or something. But it's, yeah, it's yes. – uh, uh, Hil- yeah, Hildebrand's mom in FF14 is another prodigious <laughs> wielder of cooking implements in RPGs. Yes. <laughs> Sorry for going off there, but no, I no, it's, no, it's all right. That, that, that was a worthwhile topic. Whenever that fam, the uh, why, why can't is it is the family the uh, oh, it's like Baskerville or Tocqueville or something, but not, but neither of those. Um, Manderville, Manderville, that's, that's it. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the Manderville family is very, very important to me. It, so important uh, yeah. to me that I definitely remember their names. All right, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm satisfied now. Okay, <laughs> so uh, um, Hillary, do you have uh, another cooking discussion topic for us for this episode? Yeah, I think this is probably a shorter one, but I wanted to talk about some of the really strange produce that shows up in games like Legend of Mana or The Hack. Oh, man. Or um, oh. Uh, uh, Odin Sphere is another one that has some real weird produce systems. But let's talk about Legend of Mana first. I, I just never, ever would think of a citrus squid as a concept for a fruit. <laughs> and, I mean, there are lots of them that are, like, based on animals and there's there's a pine o'clock just so all <laughs> sorts of inanimate objects yeah all sorts of inanimate objects and animals and these are fruits that you can just grow in the in the orchard these like and, the com- these like the combination animals in tales games or in uh, avatar the last airbender <laughs> yeah no seriously some of them and there's like whale mottos i don't know i could i could go on and they it's the other really cool thing about them is that they have so many different uses in the game, you can feed them to your pets to influence your pet's traits. Um, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. You can also use them to paint your robots <laughs> that you can take with you fighting. <laughs> and you can temper them. You can use them to temper your armor or your weapons. And some of them have really, they let you stack really important buffs and they're an important part of your overall approach to making your weapons and armor stronger. <laughs> And uh, just, just to piggyback off that, maybe the, some of the weirdest produce I've seen in an RPG is Odin Sphere, where you can collect collect fruit and seeds in in the middle of a of a you know two D large map, and then then grow them and then eat the resulting fruit for bonuses or or even gaining experience, or or or, or cooking with them in a new cooking system. But but like basically farmed Odin Sphere in a single stage, you can go farm to table in about ten minutes. Yep. <laughs> And use that to gain levels. It's Odin Sphere is a crazy, crazy game. I I, uh, I know the game has like five acts, and I only made it to the like the middle of Act Two. It's it's so funny the way they set that up though, because yeah. like wait a minute, wait a minute, but okay, battle screen I know, but there's a chicken running around, so I gotta take care of this. Yeah, I gotta collect the chicken. I gotta fight enemies for seeds, and then plant <laughs> them to make a tree, and then eat the apples to gain levels. And I can't be the boss until until I'm at least a certain level. So I gotta I gotta cook more apples. It's oh boy. That thing, and and you have to probably the most disturbing but kind of funny thing about it is that one of the two forms of livestock is also produce. <laughs> I think the lambs they, they grow on trees, and they run oh, around the God. screen, and you have to hit them with your weapon. I never played the remake of this game. I had to. Uh, uh, I I played it on PS2, and again didn't get very far. But oh, I don't remember that. Oh my God, <laughs> it's a little crazy. 
prodigious produce. I'm using, I've used the word prodigious like 18 <laughs> times in this podcast. It's my adjective <laughs> of the day, I guess. Uh, so, Trist, do we have any uh, – before we wrap this up, do we have a, a final topic we'd like to discuss about RPG foods? I do. I think one of the things I like is when um, a video game uses food to kind of develop characters like we did, they, they did on Decoding 2. Um, I, I want to talk about the Atelier Iris uh, – or, yeah, Atelier Iris Eternal Mana game. I don't know if it's – so in Atelier Iris, there's, it's not really cooking, but it's called synthesizing. It's very similar to cooking where you use ingredients to form items, but um, in some of these cases, these items are actually food-based. And you you, can, it, you get a set menu of what items you can use for the ingredients, and you can experiment on the, the ingredients you use. If you use different ones, they lead to different types of variations of that item. So it can be like, uh, this could be like a strawberry cake, and this could be like a mango cake, to, to give an example. We should slow down a little bit. I mean, the Atelier series has been around for a long time, and Iris isn't even yeah. the first one. They, I think the earliest no. ones were on the PlayStation. And, right. uh, but, and all of them are basically sort of medium-sized or even slightly slightly brief RPGs that just have a ton of crafting and, and synthesizing in them. And, and, they and, do. and cooking and food is definitely included within that synthesis system. They do definitely, and I think I will say that yeah. So yeah, Atelier, the Atelier series has been around for a while. I think I believe that Iris was the first one to be English, um, English translated. I believe so as well. Yes. So that's why I, I was surprised at how huge crafting was, since I've never really heard of crafting in video games before, and so I was floored by making these combinations, and it got a lot more complex as the series got, um progressed i don't know why that is i kind of like the more simple terms of crafting and cooking in the atelier series compared to now and i what i liked in the earlier games was they used that to expand the shopkeepers and stuff so in atelier iris eternal mana when you do synthesizing you um the more you synthesize the deeper the lore of each shopkeeper goes so they're not just people you buy from like um, my favorite is Blair. She's a a, a baker apprentice, and um, at first you wonder why she um you comment on she looks very, you know her the way she conducts herself is very put together, very kind of upper class, but why she's a baker's assistant. And then the more you bake, um, the more you synthesize her baked goods with her, she starts ex- um explaining her past and how she used to be come from a rich family, but someone um pretty much did something to, uh, she ran away because her family was losing their money and, like, she wanted to make a name for herself. And so she ended up being, becoming a baker apprentice. And it just kind of explores each of the shopkeepers' nature. Like, all of the shopkeepers, the main ones, they have synthesized options. And they all, some of them do make food. And you get to know why they made this food, why their taste, why do they like this food, what, what kind of taste they like about it. It's very... It's very um, expansive in that way, and it kind of really immerses you in the world itself, where it uses the food and the you know the cuisines of the locals as a way to characterize the world. And I really love that because food and world building for me kind of go really well together. Because with us in our own cultures, it's like oh we kind of separate ourselves based on what foods we eat too, and so it's very kind of. Ref- it kind of parallels our own world in that way, which is why I really love Utter Iris and the way they did that. I wish they did that more in the newer series, 
my, yeah, my, the newer series I can complain about for another podcast. But... <laughs> if you want to, if you want to get a, a a good view of what the recent Attila or Iris games are like, uh, if you go to RPG Fans Reviews, uh, I think Derek has reviewed every yes. single one, or maybe eighty yes. percent of them, from Atelier or Iris to the present. He, he like, uh, for some reason, he just always kept catching that assignment, and uh, and he, you know, his opinion varies from game to game. It's not like it's not like he adores all of them, but that's a uh, that's one of those series that. It, it, dot hack was like this for me in the 2000s every time i'd go to a game store it seems like there was a new one on the shelf it's like, like how many of these freaking things are they making <laughs> um but uh and the only one i have finished is as uh, eternal mana but it, it is a pretty good game with a lot of good crafting and it and they use the crafting for world world building in a pretty interesting way i agree with that assessment tris but i haven't <laughs> played enough of them to know what the what the crafting and cooking arc is for the Atelier series, and and, yeah. and, and Atelier is a is a French word for um for I, th- I think it's yeah I think it's workshop or craftsman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, let's, we're a little over, we're well over an hour. I don't I don't want this podcast to go on forever. So there's one last thing I want us to try before we move into our closing arguments. Um, we've talked about a lot of food. There's still a lot of food we haven't talked about. Uh, let's each. Um, do a positive and a negative. What's one food or meal in an RPG that you would love to try, and one food or meal from an RPG that grosses you out and absolutely is not something you want to try? I'll go first to give you guys some time to think. Um, I love a good steak, and those Monster Hunter steaks look so good when you make them, especially in Monster Hunter World, where the... uh, where the meals just look delicious, and when the muscular chef is making the the giant meat plate when you've leveled up his restaurant as high as it can go, then I'm I'm gonna say Monster Hunter steaks for a food I absolutely want to try, and for something I would never want to try, um, I'm I'm gonna go with uh, odd morsel from Persona Three, <laughs> because <laughs> w- w- when sometimes you'll get uh, there's two items, one of them's called odd morsel, and I think the other one's mm-hmm. like, called like. Uh, the soul snuff, right? Because they both raise your SP. No, 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 no. Um, not, oh. not, not a soul item. There, it's odd morsel, and I think like unrecognizable thing. But the, the, there's a, the, the soul oh. items just raise your SP. But mm-hmm. odd morsel is something you get sometimes randomly in dungeons, and sometimes it, it, it looks like something inedible. But they're they're gross and disgusting. But they're also <laughs> because they come from the shadow world. They're the only thing that the gourmet character in uh, that hasn't tried before. So to start <laughs> to start this, the uh, oh, the, oh the moon social link in Persona Three, you have to give weird, disgusting shadow <laughs> food to the to the fat kid. <laughs> and um and it's like you know what I, I'm I'm glad that he's eating that and not me. And so yeah, I'm, I'm gonna say odd morsel from Persona Three is something I never want to taste. Um, so, uh, uh, Hillary, can you give us, uh, your own picks for that one food from an RPG that looks delicious and one that's the opposite? Yeah. I want to hang out in Saturn Valley and have some peanut butter cheesecake bars with oh. Mr. Saturns and have some tea. Oh, damn. Oh, what a good choice. <laughs> oh, the earthbound um, food. I just want to hang out with Mr. Saturn in general. Right. Yeah. Oh, um, oh, 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 so- but Hillary, I have to ask you, who's your favorite Mr. Saturn? Because mine is... Mr. Saturn. Mr. Saturn? Dr. Mr. Saturn. Mr. Saturn. Oh, uh, yes, he's a very good Mr. Saturn. <laughs> Mr. Saturn's um, so cliche. Mr. Saturn is where it's at, okay? Sure. <laughs> we discussed this at length before, too. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the three of us were on an Earthbound podcast almost two years ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and I mean, just because I had to pick a dessert, because when I do a lot of cooking, that's usually the first thing type of food I choose. And ah, you also, like eating I, meals in reverse, I see. <laughs> I like, yeah, I don't. 
I don't I'll always... have the soup and salad last, please. And then, no, yeah. no, I'm too hungry for the salad. I'm too full for the salad. Oh, darn. Well, it's more like I usually end up giving a lot of giving a lot of desserts to other people. But yeah, I mean, usually <laughs> that's what I, I have fun cooking. So that and I love the like the tea and coffee scenes in Earthbound. They're just so relaxing and cute. So that would be my pick for something I'd want to do. Um, what I least want is has to do with dot hack which i didn't quite get into but there are a few different types of produce that you can find for your grunty um and one of those things is cordyceps which i don't know if you guys are familiar with what cordyceps is no. in real life but in real life it's a really really kind of gross and creepy parasitic mushroom fungus oh, yikes. Okay. <laughs> really um so i would not oh. feed that to my grunty ever and i would not want to eat it myself oh i think Cordyceps was the mushrooms that affected people in The Last of Us, completely yep. unrelated. But that's oh, where I um, just remember that oh. from. Yep. In real life, it does pretty much the same thing to ants and, like, other small insects. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's uh, like, uh, there's, yeah, there's species of mushrooms that spores target ants and wasps that'll take over their body. Mostly. Yep, and it affects, it affects them neuro neurologically in right. order to promote its own growth. Yeah. And you feed this to your pet pig and dot hack? Right? What? Yeah. Yeah. So, no, never. What the crap? <laughs> Okay, so that uh, <laughs> that affected my appetite a little bit. Um, uh, Keegan, do you have a, a one food you love the look of and one that you don't from an RPG? Okay, I think for me, a love that I really want to try is the uh, meat challenge from Persona 4. I don't know if I'd win it, <laughs> but I know I'd be full by the end of it. You still can't and, see the rice. You're being yeah, through right? this bowl as a portal into the meat dimension. <laughs> And um, the one that I really wouldn't want to try is the worst food that you can make in Breath of the Wild. Just when you combine the worst <laughs> ingredients possible, it gives you an image that's actually uh, blurred out. Yeah. It's blurred and blurred yeah. out. It's it, so horrible it, that it, you can't see it. It's like this image is inappropriate for this, uh, <laughs> for, for this all ages video game. And it's called <laughs> the dubious food, isn't it? Or is yeah, that's it. <laughs> Another excellent adjective for this episode. <laughs> so, Tris, uh, give us your choices for one uh, delectable RPG food and one detestable RPG food. Oh, for this one, I love sweets. I love pastries. And I will have to say that the bakery in Ontario Iris is one I wish was in real life because I would buy anything from there. And those video games are also very fluffy, very pastel colored. So I'm, I'm sure the I, I'm, I'm sure the the. The bake, like the baked goods and the sweet foods, look good in that game. Oh, they are. They very much are. And one I wouldn't eat, uh, Yukiko's curry from the camping trip <laughs> in Persona Four. I love curry, and I do not want to taste anything that will yeah, make I, me not love curry. I think yeah, Yukiko and Chie cook it together, and it is yeah, they do terrifying. Uh, I call it the curry of death, so I oh, don't <laughs> want that. And when, 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 when you're when you're shopping for the ingredients, they're buying like. They're buying like lobster and yes. and, uh, and 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 like just the the most incredible combination of ingredients that like uh, and and you see the protagonists get increasingly nervous as they as they list more ingredients when shopping for it. It's like oh my boy. Favorite, my favorite part of that is when they're walking along and Chie goes, "I heard about adding a really strange ingredient. I think it was coffee, but was it mocha coffee or regular coffee?" <laughs> oh dear, no. And uh, oh god, yeah, that's a uh, <laughs> agreed. Um, I don't think I want um, uh, to try a curry that uh, that could result in a trip to the emergency room. I'm good. 
Uh-oh. And I, I don't know enough about the healthcare system in rural Japan to be very confident either. <laughs> so, oh man, we've talked about a lot of foods, and they, I mean, it's almost the list of foods we haven't talked about is even longer. I mean, uh, Star Ocean, Patissiers, and Bravely Second, uh, just filling homes with hundreds of wheels of cheese and Skyrim, uh, Kina uh-huh. the Gourmand eating frogs in Final Fantasy IX. Uh, all the cooking and ga- and hunting and gathering in Stardew Valley. There's so many cooking systems and food systems in RPGs. We were able to fill a fairly lengthy episode with just talking about them. But um, listeners, if you uh, are disappointed that we didn't talk about your favorite RPG food, sorry. Uh, we're we're you know grown ups that have uh, that have time and like time management issues and commitments. <laughs> is why ever is why I dinner. Yeah, is why I try to keep episodes of this uh, of this show like under an hour forty. Uh, anyway, um, Tris, Keegan, and Hillary, thanks so much for recording this episode with me. I had a lot of fun. Now I'm hungry, and I'm going to have a late lunch as soon as we are finished uh, recording. And listeners, uh-huh. thank you so much for listening to us this episode. It was uh, I had a lot of fun recording. Maybe you are about to engage in some holiday eating. Maybe uh, this is completely the wrong time of year. But we are posting this on Thanksgiving. So, uh, at least for the Americans in the audience, happy Thanksgiving. And I am thankful for every one of my listeners and every one of my panelists on this podcast. Thank you for having us. Oh, no, anytime. But anyway, um, time for housekeeping. Uh, Next week we have a a Pokemon episode that we have, like, canceled and recorded and delayed for for a few months now. But it's finally happening. We are going to be creating our own version of the Pokemon League. And uh, with uh, with me and three other po- uh, panelists making our own Elite Four, that was a lo- that was a lot of fun to record, and that is Ooh. coming up next week uh, in December. We have all of our episodes in line. We are doing two episodes on nine 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 hours, nine persons, nine doors. The slightly grim uh, <laughs> adventure game slash visual novel uh, for the DS, which I uh, uh, I recently played on the PS4, and I got so engrossed in it, I ended up finishing the game before we recorded even a, f- a single episode. That's, that's that's my that's my bad. Sorry, Hillary. <laughs> uh, so we have two of those episodes coming in December, along with an, epi- an episode about RPG battle systems. That is going to be a great discussion. Looking forward to that one, and also our special year-end episode for 2018 as the last episode in December. Um, listeners, if you want to get in touch with us, the best way to do so is to email retro at rpgfan.com. We check that every week, and uh, I respond to every direct message that we rese- that we are sent. We also have uh, message boards, a Facebook page, a Discord, a Twitch page, an Instagram page, all of which you can find linked from the front page of rpgfan.com. Um, there are all two other fine podcasts on RPG Fan, Random Encounter and Rhythm Encounter. Um, Random Encounter is bi-weekly usually and is focused on current events. Rhythm Encounter is on hiatus and it's all about RPG music, and both of them are delightful listens. Uh, and also, uh, RPG Fan, we have reviews every week, music reviews every week, features every week. We recently had a feature on uh, the, PS, the PS Vita where we came up with the, oh shoot, I don't remember the exact number, uh, 20 or 25, 25 of our favorite PS Vita RPGs. 25. 25? It was 25? Okay. Yeah, it was a long list of those that was recently published on the, I think, the 16th or 17th of November of this year. So please check that out. Uh, and also review us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you're, however you're listening to us. We appreciate all the feedback that is sent our way, especially of the constructive variety. Uh, so thank you again for that. So uh, panelists, let's share how... 
listeners can reach us individually, starting with you, Keegan. All right, guys, if you want to get in touch with me, the best way to do that is on Twitter. I am at Kaylee Brand over there. Uh, right now, I'm currently talking about how Lizzie the Hacksaurus from Dragon Quest VI is the best girl in the Dragon Quest series. <laughs> that is incorrect, because the answer is either Bianca or Jessica or, literally, or probably ten others before Lizzie. <laughs> we'll have this fight off air. Well, it's a fight that I've already won, so never mind. <laughs> uh, so, Hillary, how can listeners reach out to you? Um, most efficient way to reach me is probably through our Discord. I'm EP Fire there. All right, and Tris, your turn. And also, you can also reach me through Discord at Therefore It Is. All right, listeners, there's a lot of ways to reach me. I am Monsoon on the RPG Fan Forums. I am Monsoon Mike on Discord. I am at the Real Monsoon on Twitter, and also at Evoker for Dogs on Twitter when I get a little too weird for regular Twitter. Um, I think that's about it. Uh, man, I... I don't know about you three, but I am hungry, and I am going to go to a Vietnamese restaurant for, like, three banh mi's right after we're done. Oh, my gosh. Sounds good. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm feeling some coffee and croissants. <laughs> coffee and curry. Come <laughs> There you go. Coffee and oh. a giant plate of curry. But anyway, listeners, thank you. Good night, and good luck. <laughs>